Um, the message that I have today is actually traditionally preached as a Sunday school message. Okay, it's, 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 it's a story that, um, that if you grew up in Sunday school, you would have heard it at some, at, at some stage. But you know what? One of the greatest things is, is that um, one of the reasons that Jesus did what he did and some of the best messages in the Bible are simple messages. Mm, that's right. Why is that? So everyone can access it. So um, the message that I have for today is called, it's called The Crowd Goes Wild. Now, I'm not going to do 45 minutes of sports commentary you know, this, we're not we're pulling apart the Warriors and, you know, the All Blacks and stuff like that. But um, the thing that I had for today is uh, we're going to talk about Zacchaeus, okay? And Zacchaeus, is a, he's, a, he's a great guy. Well, no, he's not a great guy. He's a terrible guy. But um, the great thing is, is that Zacchaeus is a man who, with one encounter with Jesus, completely changed the way that his life went. And I, I love that thought. And um, the reason that I called it The Crowd Goes Wild is quite often, I don't know about you, but um, sometimes the crowd can be someone that works for us or works against us, okay? We can listen to the crowd. The crowd can be our greatest supporters or they can be our biggest critics. And so anyway, I've got this whole iceberg idea, right? So I don't know about you, but I like to be myself in front of people, but at the same time, there's still all of this other stuff that goes on below the surface. It's like the iceberg analogy. Like, you'll show the world this part of you, and even though, even though you know, you're being real and you're being authentic, there's all of this other stuff that's happen- happening as well underneath the surface. Okay? But the thing that we have to understand is that Jesus sees the whole of a person. He sees, he sees everything about you. Okay, he fully knows you, he fully accepts you, he fully loves you. See, that's the picture of intimacy. Jesus is inviting us into his life. Or he wants to invite us into our lives. So anyway, if you want to open the the door, I think Mikey's... Come on in, Mikey. You're all good, buddy. That's okay. It's just like um, normal, just like normal school, yeah. So anyway, so the iceberg analogy. So the whole thing about the iceberg is that we sometimes we present ourselves as one way to the world, and then there's all this other stuff that's going on underneath the surface. Okay. So um, Asher, can you flick it onto the next slide for me, buddy? Is that okay? Thanks, bud. <laughs> that is almost outside what he's able to do just right now. <laughs> Good stuff, bud. Yeah, so, anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Asha. Yeah, oh, good on you, mate. That's cool. Hey, um, so I guess probably the big thing that I want you to, to take away from today, just before we even get started, is that you're not the choices that you've made. The choices that you made bring you up to this point in time, but actually the great thing about choices is you can continue to make choices and change the way that your life goes from this point. You're, you're not your worldview, you're not your family, you're not your past, you're not your mistakes, okay? And one of the great things is, is that when we encounter Jesus, everything changes, okay? In a moment, it can be in an instant or it can be across a long period of time. And for most of us, it's, it's normally both. Like, we'll have this one moment with Jesus where it's like, oh, I remember this moment and things were different from that point. But again, at the same time, there's this whole journey as well going on. So anyway, so there's a different path available to you. So if you think you're on one path and there's only one way that you can go and you already know how the end of your story is going to go, I'm here to tell you today that that's not true. 
It could go completely different, all right? Your destiny is not inevitable. So I wanted to tell you the story about this guy, and his name's Zacchaeus, and he's a, he's a little man. Well, bits falling out of the Bible, that's a good start. He was a little man, okay? So... <laughs> How about I read it, and then we'll... Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> Do that. Okay. So here's Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is in Luke 19, so that's in the New Testament. Okay? And Jesus is going to Jericho. All right? That's kind of important. So it's not, the, it's not like Jesus is just having a wee meander around. He hasn't come to meet Zacchaeus. He hasn't come to meet this random dude with this weird name. Okay? He's actually on his way somewhere else. And did you notice that sometimes some of the most significant times in Jesus' ministry was on the way? Like he meets people on the way where they're at? I love that thought that Jesus meets you on the way. So here's the story. So Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. So there's right off the bat, there's two reasons not to like him. Okay, he was a tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus, who Jesus was. And that's a pretty cool thought, actually. He wanted to see who Jesus was, so he'd heard of Jesus. But being a short man, he could not, because of the crowd. And we'll come back to the crowd later on. So he ran ahead, and he climbed a fig tree, a sycamore fig tree, to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. How cool. I don't know about you, but it would be pretty awesome if Jesus invited himself round to, to your house. Like, that, that would be kind of cool. Like, Nico was talking about guess who's coming to dinner. If Jesus was to come along, I, I'd probably go, yeah, all right. That, that, sounds, quite, that sounds quite good. I'll, I'll take that up. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So Zacchaeus came down out of the tree. All of the people saw this and began to mutter. Ah, oh, who loves the crowd? How good are the crowd? They began to mutter. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Well, see, the thing is, is that Jesus doesn't come to hang out with the saved people. It's the sinners that, that he wants. It's the sinners that he's got the hearts for. So it doesn't matter if you've got your life together or your life is a complete mess. Jesus wants to meet with you today, which is cool. Yes. I like that. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now. So he's making a declaration in front of all the people, the, the, the crowd that's, um, that's annoyed at him. I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Now that's pretty good interest, really, hey? <laughs> Jesus says to him, and this is Jesus' response, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And that's kind of important it's actually a big deal for the son of man came to seek and save what was lost so that's pretty so that's pretty cool so that's the story of Zacchaeus a wee short man the crowd didn't like him in fact they hated him and he climbed a tree just because he wanted to see who Jesus was like just wanted to see and Jesus met him exactly where he was at hanging out of a tree all right so this is this is the thought that I have today okay um there's actually three groups of people in that story. And like when it comes to the Bible, and, and particularly parables, this isn't a parable, this is actually genuinely, you know, this is a story that happened. But when it comes to the Bible, sometimes one of the best things, I don't know about you, but when I watch a movie, 
a lot of the time I'll try and relate to someone in the movie, okay? Whether it's the hero, I sometimes relate to the hero. Most often I relate to the fat comic relief. Um, <laughs> you are so funny, I want to be like you. That's, um, um, my son, Asher, um, for a long time he related to the villains. He thought that that would be a really cool person to be. Um, so Darth Vader, um, Kylo Ren, um, you know, all of that stuff would be, would be cool to be. But there's these three people that we can relate to. Now, there's something that you need to know. So Zacchaeus was a tax collector. So he was, he was Jewish, right? So he was a son of Abraham. That's what son of Abraham means. He was Jewish. So his job was to literally take money off other Jewish people. That was his job. Okay? And the thing is, is that the Jews didn't like that at all. And the reason they didn't like that was because it was like a secular government. They didn't really feel like they had to give money away. So he was like an outsider. He wasn't liked. The crowd hated him. They spoke badly about him. Okay? So he's a Jewish person doing what the Romans wanted today. He's much today, he's like one of the least liked members of society, like he was hated. Okay? See, the thing is, is that there's three different perspectives in the story, and we need to be able to relate to at least one of these perspectives. There's the crowd, there's Zacchaeus, and there's Jesus. Okay? And that's what we're going to have a, have a look at. Now, let's start with the crowd, right? Now, who's... um. Who's ever been part of a crowd before? Everyone? Who's been part of a good crowd before? Yeah, pretty cool. Who's been part of a crowd that sort of partway through you suddenly realised maybe this isn't the best crowd to be hanging out with? <laughs> Who's ever been in a rugby match and you realise that the crowd starts off good, but as soon as the Warriors start losing or the Highlanders stop playing, it's don't play well, the crowd begins to turn? Hmm. So the crowd can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. Now, the crowd's like the world. It's like all of the people around you, okay? And there's this kind of herd mentality or mob mentality about the crowd. Have you ever noticed that you're much more likely to do whatever the crowd's doing, depending on what part of the crowd you're part of? Okay? <clears throat> so now this Forsyth Bar Stadium in Dunedin, beautiful big stadium. Before there was this, that stadium, there was Carisbrook. Now, Carisbrook, all down one side, used to have this thing called the terraces, and they were the cheapest tickets. They were generally about $10 a ticket. As a student, (laughs) we would generally only be able to afford terrace tickets, right? But the thing that you had to understand is if you stood on the terraces, there was a certain atmosphere that you had with the terraces, right? So you were much more likely to get weed on. And that happened every, every, oh, what is, oh, seriously. Um, you were much more likely to be around drunken people. You were much more likely to see a streaker at some stage or another. You were way more likely to get pushed or um, yelled at or sworn at or, you know, break out in a fight or all of that stuff. So there's an example of the crowd, all right? So the crowd's not always a good thing to be a part of, Okay. The crowd doesn't always know best. Have you ever noticed that when you're in a big, big group of people, the intelligence of everyone goes down? Okay? I don't, I don't know why that is. It's just that mob, mob mentality or herd mentality. So the question that I have then is, what crowd are you running with? Are you running with a good crowd? Are you running with a crowd that's good for you? Or, and secondly, are you listening to the crowd? Because the thing is, is that for Zacchaeus, if he listened to the crowd, he would have got down from the tree and just sort of hung out with the crowd, just like at the back. They saw him as the lowest of the low. He was short in stature and short in height. They saw him as just a wee guy. 
So if you listen to the if you listen to the crowd, you can ask the crowd, who do I who do you say I am? And the crowd will tell you what the world would say about you. So it might be with the way that you look, it might be the choices that you've made, it might be all of that stuff. Okay? But that's not necessarily everything about a person. We can ask ourselves, who do you say I am? Who do I say I am? And we'll see through our own worldview and the stuff that we've done and we'll judge ourselves and probably judge ourselves really harshly. Or we can ask Jesus, who do you say I am? See, the crowd will tell us what they see. Now, for me, you know, I'm in shape, round as a shape. Okay? So the crowd will tell us what they see. We, we get to speak out of our insecurity, so we speak all of our stuff upon ourselves, that record that goes around and around in our head. But the thing is, is that Jesus speaks to the potential in us. Mm, that's and, that's, and that's the thing. He sees you and doesn't just see you as you are, doesn't just see you in your mess at the time, sees you as the person that you could be and sees you as the man or the woman of God that he wants you to be. All right? So that's first. So the crowd. Be careful listening to the crowd, okay? Make sure you're hanging out with the right crowd. The second one is Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus has got short man syndrome. Have you ever noticed that the shortest people are the angriest? They've got, they've got already, they've immediately got a chip on their shoulder. Okay. So he was short in stature, but he was also short in his own eyes, like he didn't think much of himself, and others definitely didn't think much of him either. He was an outsider. See, it's important, and one of the things is that when we find ourselves drowned out by the crowd, sometimes we need to look for a higher perspective. Okay? Zacchaeus could have succumbed to the crowd. Have you noticed that in, the, um, in, in Jesus' time, there's, been, there's a number of times in the Bible where the crowd actually sort of hushes the person that needs healing, that needs saved, that needs to get out of the situation that they're in? So it's not always a good thing to listen to the crowd. And that was the people that wanted to see miracles, the miracles of Jesus. See, if we find, when we find ourselves drowned out by the crowd, we need to look for a higher perspective. This is what Zacchaeus did. He took a moment out of his time, out of his life. He put himself in a position where he could see Jesus and Jesus could see him. See, the thing that we need to understand as Christians is that there's a whole lot of Zacchaeuses out there. There's a whole lot of people that from the outside look like a mess. But like Jesus, one of the things that we're called to do is we're called to meet them in their mess. See, one of the things that Jesus did is that he could have been in that A to B mentality that, okay, I'm, I'm going through Jericho, sorry Zacchaeus, I don't have time for you. But he stopped and he looked up. See, the thing that you have to understand is if you relate to Zacchaeus today, if you're the person that's unliked, if you're the person that feels like an outsider, if you're the person that feels like a mistake, like a mess, like a, um, you know, just a loser, whatever that looks like, See, the thing is, is sometimes you just need to put yourself in a position where you can see Jesus and Jesus can see you. Because the thing is, is that Jesus is willing to meet you in your mess. And he is. Like, it doesn't matter how messy or messed up your life is at the moment, Jesus can meet you exactly where you're at and pull you out of that situation. One of the issues is, is there's a vulnerability in being seen. So when we, when we let ourselves be seen by people, when we let ourselves be vulnerable, like we're kind of worried about that warts and all approach. Have you ever thought hiding from Jesus is actually a terrible idea? It's actually, in fact, really, really hard to do. Creator of the universe, savior, our saviour, conquered death, 
And we're like, oh, Jesus, don't look at this bit. Haha, <laughs> you can't see. You can't see. I've covered it up. No, 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 no. Jesus is willing to meet us exactly where we are. He loves you. He loves you exactly how you are. But he might not necessarily keep you in the place that you're at because it's going to be a danger to yourself or a danger to others. Your life will end up a mess as a result of where you are. Does that make sense? For a lot of us Christians, for some of us Christians, we, part of our testimony is like, this is the mess that Jesus pulled us out of. It's amazing. I mean, that's me. That's, that's me. That's my story. I, I'm Zacchaeus. I, I, I can relate to Zacchaeus. Okay? If I was a result of my upbringing, if I was a result of the choices my parents made, if I was a result of the choices I'd made, I'd be, uh, or my wider family, I'd be a drug addict, I'd be addicted to pornography, I'd be about 250 kgs, um, I'd be a freezing worker in Matara because that was all that we ever saw. That was the only, that was your life. That was what was going to happen. But the thing is, is Jesus took me out of that situation. He loved me. He looked at me, warts and all. Even now I've still got warts and all. Even now I, I wear at least one of my sins on my sleeve. I'm overweight. <laughs> I'm a glutton. I eat, too, I eat too much. See, the thing is, is that there's a vulnerability in being seen. But the great thing is, is that Jesus loves you in your mess anyway. Okay? So if you're a Zacchaeus today, Jesus is willing to meet you today in your mess, pull you out of that situation. Your life could be completely different as a result of the choices that you make. One choice, Jesus, I want to see you and I want you to see me. See, that's the thing that we need to do when the, the things of the world begin to weigh us down. We need to find a higher perspective. See, Zacchaeus was desperate to see Jesus. And you see a whole heap of other people that did that as well. Blind Bartimaeus. Um, Blind Bartimaeus is the one that I've got written down here, and now I can't think of the other two <laughs> options that I was thinking of before. See, the thing is, is that Jesus redeems. He pulls you out of your situation. See, the third person that we can... So that's the first one. The first, the first person we can relate to is the crowd. The second person we can relate to is Zacchaeus, the wee short man. Short man in a mess. The th- third person that we can relate to is Jesus. Okay, we can look at this from Jesus' perspective. See, one of the things that we see from Jesus' perspective is that we need to make sure that we don't let our personal comfort or desire to uphold our reputation take away from someone else's opportunity to meet Jesus. We need to be able to... Jesus always brought the outsiders in. He loved the unlovable, he met people in their mess, and he touched the untouchable. Okay? We need to not worry about our reputation. We need to be willing to reach out to those that no one else wants to reach out to. Because the thing is, is that Zacchaeus, right, tax collector, well, so was Matthew. Like one of the greatest disciples. When Jesus, ah, so one of the things that I really love is that it talks about, um, oh, the Bible went away. Okay. (laughs) And I lost my... Luke 19. So the end of the story is, is verse 9. Today, uh, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come after Zacchaeus says that he's going to give back the money. He's going to redeem himself. Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. See, the thing is, is that it's not, salvation's not just for you. It's for your whole family. It's for everyone that you connect with. 
okay? Um, when Jesus comes into your house, he not only redeems you, but he lifts your whole family. Because your life has changed, that means that your family, your friends, everyone in your wider area begin to get changed as well. Salvation's not just for you. Being saved, being redeemed, being taken out of your mess is not just for you. See, one of the things about Jesus is he doesn't just hold a mirror up and show you who you are right now. Okay, I don't know about you, but I've looked in a mirror before and not liked what I've seen. See, I don't know if you realize that, but even a mirror is seen through your worldview, the way that you see yourself, the way that you think. So some, that's why some people look in the mirror and will focus on the one wee black dot when there's a whole heap of great stuff about them. See, Jesus can look towards purpose and destiny, the you he created you to be, not just who you are, but who you could be. When we begin to look at ourselves the same way Jesus looks at us, we begin to see the real us. See, the thing is, is that the story of Zacchaeus is a story all about redemption. Redemption back to Jesus' plan for us. So I know it's a simple message. We've got the crowd, we've got Zacchaeus, we've got Jesus. If you relate to the, if you relate to the crowd, I'd ask, what crowd are you hanging out with? If you relate to Zacchaeus, I'd ask, whose voice are you listening to? Who are you, who's defining you? See, because the way that Jesus sees you is probably different to the way that you see yourself. If you relate to Jesus, are you walking towards the messes? Are you loving the unlovable? Are you, are you, are you, more, are you worried about your, what people will think if you walk towards this person or say this to this person? So here's the altar call, and it's, the altar call's the same for everyone in the room, and it's a, it, which is quite weird, but it's okay. The altar call is, and so altar call is just an opportunity for prayer, an opportunity to respond, okay? And this is what I think Jesus is wanting to say. Jesus has come to meet with you today. He's come to meet with you today. He's come to meet with you today. Whether your life is together, whether your life is getting together, whether your life is a mess, he come to meet you today. See, there's no shame. There's no guilt in realizing we need a savior. We need someone to save us from our mess. Actually, the whole idea of the Bible is that we couldn't do it ourselves. We needed someone to come and help us with our mess. You're not here by chance. You're not a mistake. You're not broken. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. See, so... You've got a choice now. And so, for whatever reason, you find yourself here today in this room listening to my strange voice. Okay? But you've got a choice today. You can decide whether you want to meet Jesus. You can decide whether you want him in your life. You can decide whether you're willing to have him pull you out of your mess. And it's pretty simple. What you need to do is you need to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to walk with me. See, the thing is, is that if you do that, if you invite him into your heart, if you invite him to walk with you every day, he'll change your life. He'll go, you'll, he'll have come in one way and you're going to go out completely different. You're going to go out free. You're going to go out saved. You're going to go out healed. You're going to begin to be restored. Some of the words that have been going around in your head, 
like the the, uh, the negative stuff where you've listened to the crowd time and time and time again and, and, until it becomes hardwired into your brain. He's going to give you a new soundtrack to listen to. He's going to call you a son. He's going to call you a daughter. He's going to call you loved. He's going to call... He's going to give you hope. He's going to give you a plan. He's going to give you a future. He's going to take you out of darkness and into light. He sees you and he loves you unconditionally. So I just want everyone um, with your heads bowed. I don't want any... Um, no one looking around. If you, if you can see my eyes, you're probably doing it wrong. But I just want to give you the opportunity to respond to the gospel. Now, all the gospel is is basically Jesus came to save the lost. And all of us have been lost at one point or another. He died on the cross for us, and then he rose again so that we wouldn't have to die, but we would have eternal life. And it's, it's even better news than that. He wants to live with us. He wants to help guide us. He gives us a hope and a future. So if that's you today, if you're wanting to respond to the gospel, if you want to say yes to Jesus today, and there's no magic words that you have to say. We'll, we'll pray for you and we'll say a prayer together. But there's no magic words. It's not Harry Potter. All right? But if that's you today, all I'm just going to count to three. If that's you today, you want to respond. You either feel far away from Jesus and you want to become close again. Or you feel like Zacchaeus up in the tree and you need Jesus to pull you out of your mess. You just need to slip your hand up and we'll, and we'll pray together, okay? Just a simple prayer. So one, two, three. Slip your hand up. That's awesome. I see that hand. That's so great. No worries. We don't have to. We don't have to labour too long. It's all right. We give, we give plenty of opportunities to respond to the gospel in church. That's so good. So let me pray for you then, Lord. I thank you. I thank you so much for these wonderful, wonderful people. Um, Lord, uh, actually, no. Let's do it. Let's do it a different way. Um. Let's do the Sunday school. If this is a Sunday school message, let's do it Sunday school styles. Okay, so close your eyes. And we're all going to say it together. If you don't want to say it, that's absolutely cool. If you don't agree with it, you don't need to say it. You don't need to say it. But it's a real simple prayer. It says, Lord, I invite you into my life. Thank you that you take me out of my mess. Thank you that you've got a plan and a purpose for my life. I invite you into my heart. I'm sorry for all of this, all of the stuff that I've done, all of the mess that I've made. Lord, I thank you that you clean that up for me. I invite you into my heart. Walk with me every day. I am now a Christian. Amen. Amen.